Welcome to an episode of the Tefoma Happy Show hosted by myself. The show explores the impact, whether famously or infamously, some of my guests have had on the world. I believe that opening businesses and, and the healthy capitalism without the corporations which destroy the environment as well. I think be naive to say that we've completely overcome any polarizing or divisive issues on the racial front. We thank you for taking some time out to listen to the podcast. Thank you for taking some time out to join me today on this podcast. You know, the first thing I want to talk to you about is I have this, what you can call a cognitive dissonance around branding, especially around personal branding. Let me explain a bit. I understand the importance of how I put myself across to the world. And I think many people understand that as well. But there's also the other side of having to develop or what's been talked about developing a personal brand. Mm. Perhaps this the first question or topic you can address with us on the podcast is the dissonance comes in where I feel a brand is like reducing myself to something less. Because as a human being, I think you are more complex or you, you're much more richer, if I can put it that way. Mm. What is meant when we talk about developing a personal brand or a personal brand? Does it mean I have to become something I'm not? Very important question, what does it mean to be a personal brand? To be what it means to be a personal brand, it means what what it means to have a public identity, how the public knows you. Sometimes there's an alignment between what the public knows about you and who you are privately. That is absolutely the highest state and the highest order and that's what you want to be. Because what you want to be, you want to be the same person at home, at work, or at play. That's when there's perfect alignment. So having a personal brand really just means having an identity and having a reputation. So in other words, when somebody say, do you know Ted? What will be the words that will come to the mind or the image that will come to the mind or the perception that will come to the mind or the picture that will come to the mind? That's branding. So you said that as a person, or should I rather say, A lot of people like to think that if you say you're a brand, it reduces you to something commercial, that a human being is much more complex. Well, there's nothing wrong with that. That complexity of who you are, some people are much more complex, some people are much more simpler. So whoever you are, that is your brand. Whoever you are, that is your identity. The choices that we make, when people say, I want to develop my brand, they're talking about the choices that they're going to make. And the most important choice they have to make, or rather, I should say, the, the most, the first and most important thing they need to do is to understand what you call is their default brand. In other words, who are they when, when there is no filter on them, when yeah. there is no, there is no pressure to perform or to be something else? That is your default brand. In other words, that is the essence of who you are. When you feel you are under no scrutiny, under no microscope, and you are behaving entirely as you wish and as you are and without a filter. That's your default brand. But then the choice that you have as a human being is you now have a choice whether you want to create or to design a brand, whether you can go from a default to a design brand. So what happens a lot of times is people's design brands, who they want you to know they are, 
or how they project themselves out in the world, sometimes or a lot of times there is a disconnect who they are as a default and who they are out in the world. So, you know, when you buy a equipment yes. and, and they say, let us reset it to its default position. They said, you want to reset your computer? Do you want to reset your phone? Reset means I'm, I'm taking it back to, I'm taking it back to factory specs. Yes. So it means, so your default brand, your default brand is your factory specs. You follow what I mean? It's how you were designed. So you then have a choice. And the choice that you make is, do I want to define my brand in alignment? And the define, immediately when you say define, by the way, it, it, already, it already implies you are manipulating it, you are working with it, right? Developing it. If you're developing it. You are you are shaping it. So sometimes when you define your brand, you can choose whether you are uh, you the, the strength of the alignment. Because you could say, listen, what I do at home and what I do at, at uh, in public are two different things. Because some people will say, This is me, I don't wear shoes, I swear. I drink, I sing, I don't give a hoot. But when I get to church, they see a different person. They see and a that would be their, what you call their design brand. That would be their design brand. Because that brand, they made a choice that I want to be seen this way. I want to be seen to be this holier than thou person, this God-fearing person, this amazing person person who's full of love and cares for the community. And then when they go and speak to your mother and your brother and your cousin, and they say, do not be fooled by what you see there. What you see is not what you get. But sometimes defining your brand does not necessarily mean you are changing it. It just means you are aware of how your brand is manifest outside and you are now making the choice as to whether you want to take that which you know, which is your default, how you are seen and who you really are, whether you want to align it or whether you are fine to leave it as that they are. It is a choice. Sometimes when you make that choice, you then find that big word you called dissonance, where you are saying, I can't sleep with myself because I have so much to keep up outside. They need to see me this way, hear me this way, experience me this way. I can't sleep with it because you know what? I wish I could just be me. That's how we speak, right? right. I wish I could just be me and there will be no consequences. Because the big reason people have such a big difference between who they are and all those is because sometimes they are scared of the consequences or sometimes they want to manipulate the consequences. That is, that, that is just, I guess I wanted to just explain when you say that we are complex human beings. Of course we are complex. What makes us complex is that we can do things like this, that we can be one thing at another place and another at another place. We're not animals. We're animals are just animals are the same everywhere. 
they have the same brand everywhere. <laughs> animals are animals. A dog sees a human being who is a stranger. He is his instinct is to attack. A human being can stop and think and make a choice on how to react. That is branding. Branding is how you present yourself and how you keep reinforcing that and how you deliver on how you present yourself. That is why it is perfectly normal for somebody like me, for example, for people only to know one thing about me, my passion for the continent, my passion for the brand, for, for brands. It does not mean I am manipulative. It's just like what you said that it uh, just means to align with your default brand. Yeah, it just means I've made a choice that out of the complexity called Tebe, I don't necessarily have to share everything with the world. I can choose which part of my brand I share with the world. That makes sense to me. As I was saying earlier, it, what's important, and I think you've addressed my cognitive dissonance issue with personal branding, is that at some level, or actually it, what, your, your design brand, as you put it, and your def a default brand need to align with each other. Where areas your design brand, if I understood you correctly, can have only certain or specific elements of your default brand. But at yes. the end of the day, to avoid dissonance, they need to align. Am I correct? But it doesn't mean your design brand will cause dissonance. So my design brand is Tebe, is pro-Africa, yes. champion of the best of the continent, is passionate about brands. It is not the totality of my brand. It is just an aspect of my brand that I have chosen, that I, that I have allowed to, that I've allowed the world to share in. Yeah. It makes sense to me. I, I, being a software engineer by training, it makes sense to me because I'm trying to fit what you're telling me into a sort of framework that I know in my mind. For instance, with computers, you'll have permissions. Some people will have permissions to view certain things on certain databases. Some can only read, some cannot have. So in the case, if I could use the two analogies and fit them together for my purposes, it would be like I only give public view to certain things in my life from a branding perspective. Correct. Correct. That is branding. Nothing wrong with it. And you can have you can have reasons why you do that. And those reasons can be perfectly your reasons can be perfectly manipulative mm -hmm. and they could be perfectly benevolent and they could be perfectly deceptive. So in my case the benevolent, my brand, my, my, my public brand, my design, my public brand or my design brand, it is a benevolent brand in that I share my passions for the continent and I talk about it, you're talking to me about it and I'm like sharing with you. I'm not holding that away from you. Yeah. So in my case, I've made a choice to reflect or to share a part, an aspect of my brand. And that aspect I've shared, that is the, the reasons I've given myself, which can, be, which can be purely personal, is because I've got the privilege to travel, I've got the opportunity to have studied, to have worked, I can take all that for some good. I think as a brand, we can be benevolent, we can be manipulative, so you can decide, I am going to 
Hinkin decided, I am going to show the world this side of me. Because I think if I show them this side, I'll make money out of it. Or they will like me. Or they will... See, that's manipulative. That's deceitful. But it's fine if that's your choice. You see, to each their own. So, but I'm just letting you know. So to me, if I judge it, I may say, oh, to me, I may not like that, right? But to somebody else, you know, like all these happy, happy preachers, they know they're lying. They know they're stealing people's money. They know they can't save people. They know they Ah, can't. I see where you're coming from. But they're comfortable with it. But they have decided, I want to make money. And I'm going to abuse people's need and desire for salvation and for a better life. I'm going to manipulate that. I'm going to put me forward as a man of God, somebody who can save people. See, it's a choice. So we then call them, oh, he is a man of God. Oh, he is a savior. Are you with me? I am with you. I understand. That's the image that he wants to put out in the world. So they arrested Bushiri the other day. Is it? I, was, I haven't been following news. They arrested Bushiri the other day because he has an aeroplane. And they said to him, this aeroplane, how did you pay for it? And he said, oh, I didn't buy it. It's not mine. It's my friend's plane. And the people of God have allowed me to use this. <laughs> <laughs> they said, my friend, you paid for it cash. We've got proof. Yeah. Are you with me? I am. So that's a story he's selling. Do you see what I mean? The choice. The choice we make, the choice we're going to die with. So a brand is a choice more than anything else. It's choices. Or, or everyday choices. It's, yeah, it's, yep, a brand is a choice. There is no other thing. And when you make that choice, you then live with the, with the consequences of it. And sometimes those consequences are positive. Sometimes they are negative. But it's consequences nonetheless. Now I'm quite interested to know how, how you got interested growing up in the marketing and branding. Or was it, was it your first passion something else from a career perspective? Well, I came from Kimberley. Ah, my mom's born in Kimberley. I've got family in Kimberley, in Khalishu. Oh, oh, very interesting. I came from Kimberley. I was born and raised in Kimberley. I came to Joburg to study accounting, dropped out and moved to the U.S., started in the U.S. And I met a friend at a nightclub. And he said to me, tell me you are here. I said, yes. As you are. I'd met him in, in, in adverts earlier. He said, what are you doing here? I said, I'm here to study accounting. He says, oh, but Tebe, you're not an accountant. <laughs> he, says, he says, I can tell you, Tebe, I've interacted with you several times. You're more like a marketer. You're a public person. You're, a, you're that, that guy. So you see, the beauty, the beauty about a default brand is you don't have to explain yourself. It's there. People just see it. And if it's, if it's aligned with your design brand, the only part about the design is, is that you are aware and you have now made choices to amplify or to emphasize that which you know makes you happy. Do you get it? Yes. He then said to me, Tebe, you don't look like a... He says, the default I know, the Tebe I know, that I can wake up in the middle of the night doesn't look like an accountant to me. Doesn't speak like one, doesn't sound like one. That's what he sees. Because you see, you can't explain brands. They explain themselves. 
Then I chose, then uh, I, I did that, I did accounting for a year, and then thereafter I ended up in marketing, then marketing student of the year, came back to South Africa, I went to Colgate in, in, in New York, worked for yeah, yeah. private marketing, came to South Africa. Then you went Nike after that, right? Then I was at Nike, then Nike, I left to start brand leadership, and I grew brand leadership for 18 years. Amazing. And what, what would you say to, because there's this, again, going back to our initial question, and the initial question I asked about dissonance and brand, personal branding, what would be the key advice, apart from explaining what you've just explained, to people who've, what we call nowadays, I guess, it's, it's a culture that's developed out of social media, influencers. And they deal a lot with, uh, with, with personal branding, if I can put it that way. What can you, like the key thing or the key takeaway for them throughout your life based on your experience, what would be the key takeaway or key insight for them in terms of working on their brand? Can one just be an influencer for the sake of being an influencer or how does it work? Well, an influencer, all of us are influencers, right? All of us are influencers because we are somebody's role model. We are somebody's goal. Then other people are commercial influencers. They say, they say, you know what? I see, I seem to be able to attract attention, positive yes. one. I need to commercialize this attention or this ability to engage people. I need to do it profitably. Nothing wrong with that. It's a choice. It's a choice you make. If they ask me, what is my advice? What advice I should give? I'd say to thine own self be true. So you must first ask yourself, are you happy with the choices you've made? Can you sleep well at night? If the answer is yes, then go forth and multiply. So see, it's not up to us to judge other kids how they wish to earn a living because we have also made choices on how we want to earn our living. In other words, we have all made choices on what type of brands we want to become. Public brands, private brands, limited brands, dichotomous brands, focused brands. Are you with me? It's a choice. So, but in making that choice, just understand one thing. Every choice has got a consequence. The question is, do you know what that consequence is? If you know what that consequence is and you are happy with the consequences, then you're okay. You're a great brand. All of us are. The problem that we have a lot of times is a lot of people. I think it's what I posted today, actually, out of interest. Uh, you know, I posted something, I posted something today on Instagram. On, on Instagram. As if I knew we were going to talk about it. So I forgot. <laughs> and I posted today, every day when I leave my house and ponder the question of the impression I want to leave with everyone I meet outside. I always default to just showing up as me. It's such a humble choice, as Oscar Wilde once observed. Be yourself. Everyone else is already taken. That is so true. Now we talk about branding, and I think some one of your passions or one of your public brand passions, or even though it's a default brand, is about selling Africa as a brand, if I can put it that way. Given how the story of continent or its individual countries has sort of been a negative one over the decades and centuries. But the issue around that is we've got over 50 countries that are 
diverse. I mean, in, in one country, for instance, like Nigeria, you've got diverse cultures and it doesn't have a single identity. How do we go about taking the, these diverse countries, these diverse cultures, and selling them and packaging them as a single brand and telling a single story about them? Is there anything that holds us together to be able to do that? What holds us together as Africans is just that diversity. That we are, we are able to be, as the South African motto says, united in our diversity. It is actually one of those amazing, but by the way, there is no one nation that is completely homogenous. It's very, they are, if there are, uh, there'll be very few and far between. But Africa is probably more so, Africa is more so, or even less so rather, in that you go to, as you go from, you go from the months with over 2,000 languages, mm-hmm. multiple cultures, You've got four or five major religions. You've got hundreds and thousands of tribes. You've got different democracies or different governances. You've got different geographies. We are born within this diversity. It is the one thing that makes you an African. The one thing that makes you an African, what unites us again, we all have a common history, a common history of slavery, apartheid, colonialism, whatever way you can call it. And out of that experience, we have come out as very resilient people. We've come out as very resilient people, but we've also come out as very creative people. We can make a plan out of anything. How do you explain a mother who is a maid, earns 2,000 rand a month, and educates seven kids? Well, university students. Some of them are doctors, teachers, nurses. That is not a foreign story in a continent in Africa. How do you explain a mother who has no job, a husband who doesn't work and has got seven kids, but manages to put food, make a plan to put food on the table? We are people who can make a plan. That's who we are. So when you travel through the continent, I always tell people, you leave your country behind and you embrace the one you arrive at. That's how you're going to experience this continent well. You leave your passport at home, at the airport, you arrive in the country and you experience it. Because we are so diverse. Because if you come in and want to see more of yourself where you are, then you should stay home. Because then you will find more of who you are. Now, how do we take these stories? Or currently, if you look at the content, and when I say content, that's a very broad term. When you look at the stories, the videos, the music, the movies, etc., we're telling about Africa, it's only, I would say, we're starting to see more positive, or more, not, not necessarily positive, but stories that we are telling ourselves becoming more prevalent. How do we continue that? How do we take hold of our narratives as Africa? Because Again, we, we, we got to where we are in terms of the negative stories about the continent because we were not in charge of the narratives, if I can put it that way. We've always been in charge of our narrative. We always have been. We've chosen different ways to express our story. During the difficult times of colonialism, of separatism, of suppression, we chose music, we chose art, and we focus on just one aspect of our story. 
and we focus on our suffering. We've always been in charge of our narrative. In that if you look how many of us still practice our cultures, yes, there has been a problem in that all the separatism, all this colonialism deprived us of other platforms to tell our story. We couldn't always publish the story. We couldn't always find a stage to sing. We couldn't always find a stage to act. We couldn't always change the curriculum. So now that we are here where we are, we cannot look back. We can only look forward. And we can only do it one person, one story at a time. And you do it where you are with what you have. But do you also think one of the things I've observed is that in the world we live in today, that the dominant culture, and it dictates much of the storytelling and the narratives, is what you can say is European Western culture. Does that play a role in terms of not suppressing, but saturating or overpowering the African narrative in the world? It's a choice. And it's also circumstance. A choice and circumstance. It's a choice that you, therefore, have a child who goes to a private school. And the child comes back, and the white teacher has told the child to speak English so his English can be bad, can be English. Mm. And the same teacher tells you, the parent, do not speak Setswana or Sipeli, or Sipoza, or whatever, or Yoruba, whatever it is, to your child, because they will not, the English will not improve. So remember what the language has got in it. The language has got everything in it. It's got who we are, a sense of pride, our culture, our history, what makes us unique. So if I deprive you to tell, to speak, in your language, I am depriving you of an essential part of your brand. So that child grows up and cannot articulate themselves in their world. We can only blame you, therefore. That's true. That's who we have to blame. So we have a choice. The child is circumstance. The mother, the father, is choice. The circumstances the child finds in is are that the school says this is what you must be. The parent have got a choice to shape the future of their child. And many of us forget that we grew up in the schools, going to these schools, learning inferior language, speaking our own languages, but at school we speak their languages. But here we are, therefore, we are just fine. So why would that not work for your child, who has got much more privileges than we did? The way to get a hold of our narrative, the way to get a hold of our narrative is to first get in touch with who you are. And if you want to know who you are, you must get to the essence of your identity. But if you reject your language, reject your culture, you reject your food, you reject your people, you will never arrive at who you are. Dade Kalafin, I think we'll end it on that very profound note.
And I think the biggest takeaway is something you quoted earlier when you said, to thine own self be true. Thank you very much for your time. Absolute pleasure. You look at yourself and take care. Thank you so much for the interview. Remember to tell your friends, family, and colleagues that the show is available to listen for free on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Deezer, or any other app that you use to listen to podcasts. Also, make sure to head over to www.iafrican.com forward slash radio. That is www.iafrikan.com forward slash radio. And subscribe to get notified on new episodes and any other iAfrican radio shows. Stay safe on the web.